Welcome to the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. Reformation Fellowship provides support and fellowship for all who would stand for the Reformation of Christ Church worldwide. We long to see the church revitalized by the gospel and seek to encourage all who share that vision. We gather together for gospel-hearted fellowship around gospel-minded theology. Hello and welcome back to the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Schell, and we are kicking off a two-part conversation with Reverend Ricky Jones, pastor of preaching and teaching at River Oaks Presbyterian Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We are going to be talking about ministering grace, ministering out of grace for the pastor and for his people. And so it's a rich conversation. We're going to try to get to the heart of ministry and uh, get to ministering to the heart. So this is part one, and we're going to jump right in now. Ricky, thank you so much for joining us here on the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. Love it. Thank you, Justin. Well, I am, <laughs> I'm a little bit sad that um, we're in the same town, which doesn't happen between me and other guests on the podcast. But I'm not sad we're in the same town. I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> <same> Thanks. <laughs> We're in the same town, but we're still on Zoom, and that's more of my my lack of tech ability to know how I would do this in person. That's I'll, I'll figure it out. We'll do this all over again, um, but I'm excited. Remember, the, remember the good old days of just having a tape recorder and pressing record? <laughs> Was that too technical for you, too? <laughs> I, uh, I had friends that would make the mixtape for me. I, I never oh, did. Oh, yeah? Man, yeah. making mixtapes, that's my favorite memories. <laughs> well, I am glad to have a, another Tolson here. Uh, of course, neither of us are, are native Tolson. So um, before I start telling your story, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners, where you're at, what you're doing, um, all, the, all the important details. Sounds good. I, uh, my name is Ricky Jones. I was born uh, in... Tennessee in a little town called Dresden, which is out in the country. Uh, and when I say out in the country, I mean, I would every day after school, come home, pick up my shotgun, go across the street and go hunting. I mean, there was no, no, nothing city about my place. Um, I uh, went to Vanderbilt University on a, uh, on a scholarships and um, changed a lot there. That's where I first kind of met the Reformed faith. That's where I first um, was called into the ministry and honestly never wanted to do anything ever since and never have done anything ever since. So I was there from 87 to 91 and started full-time ministry in 92 as a RUF intern. And then I went to seminary at Reformed Seminary in Jackson, Mississippi. And then I worked for Reformed University Fellowship at Delta State for about six years. And that's, that's when I learned about grace. Up until that time, I was very, uh, I was very entrenched in a, in a self-righteous legalism. It's funny because I never thought I was legalistic. Um, I always thought I was, I, I thought I wasn't legalistic because legalists didn't drink and I drank. And mm. so the fact that, you know, i I thought it was a main, it was a main application point for my youth group that we didn't watch the Super Bowl because it was on Sunday and that's the Lord's day. That didn't mean I was legalist. Uh, very interesting. 
But then I, uh, I, when I was at Delta State, I began to get convicted of, of what grace meant and how, I, how it hadn't really penetrated my life and how it wasn't permeating my ministry. Um, one of my students back then told me, uh, he said, you're, re- you're really gifted at, at making us feel bad. That's your gift. Mm. And uh, I didn't take that as a compliment now, <laughs> then or now. <laughs> I knew that was not, not the goal. Uh, mm. But I also had a student tell me that every, he said, every pastor I've ever had has told me he was a sinner and you're the only one I ever believed. Uh, so, oh. All <laughs> right. I'm not sure what that has to do with the story, but anyway. Uh, then I went to uh, Mississippi State University and worked there. Had a really fun five years there. Uh, began to apply grace uh, and, and really have it permeate my ministry there. And it was at that time that I wanted to plant a church. This was uh, about 2005. I decided I want to plant a church. Um, the Lord called me into church planning one Sunday morning when I was um, reading through the bulletin and I realized that I wasn't going to hear the gospel of grace that day, but uh, it was going to be a sermon on the qualifications of a godly deacon. And, and that's fine, but I knew what I was in for. And I just really needed to hear the gospel that day. You know, you have those Sundays where you're like, man, I, I just I need it. I need to be reminded that God's on my side. And, mm-hmm. and as soon as I saw that I wasn't going to hear that, I, my, my shoulders just kind of hunched and I bowed my head and I, I felt the Lord, I felt the Lord uh, speak to me. Now I'm a Presbyterian, so that doesn't happen. So what I'm supposed to say is I had a, a hunch that God's <laughs> providence led me to have. Uh, but it felt like the Lord speaking to me and, and telling me that, uh, if I thought I could do it better, I should go do it. And I said, I just want, I want people to hear the gospel week in and week out. And he said, go do it. That's what I ordained you to do. So mm-hmm. I started looking for a church planting opportunity and uh, nobody really wanted to hire me. And there was a group out here in Tulsa that was looking for a church planter and nobody really wanted to move to Tulsa. And so we were a match made in heaven. Uh, you know, the first planter that nobody wanted and a town that nobody wanted to plant in. So I moved out here uh, and we started in January of 2006 and it started with a core group of about 40 people. And the Lord's blessed our work a lot. And it's been mm-hmm. great. Um, my congregation loves me. I love them. And we celebrate. Uh, we celebrate the Lord's grace together. And I think there's a lot of joy in it. So that's, that's kind of my story. I've been here ever since 2006 and plan to retire here. Yeah. Yeah. So some years of serving in campus ministry, some then planting a church and now leading, pastoring that church for uh, uh, nearly 20 years. Coming up on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you shared a little bit about um, a ministry of grace and learning to minister grace and learning to have grace shape you and shape your ministry for, for maybe those who may, that phrase is new or, or maybe they've, they've heard something like it, but in a, with a different term, um, you know, pro- probably the folks listening are in, um, 
different uh, Western Reform um, denominations or, or mm-hmm. traditions. What, what, if you were to define a ministry of grace and, and what you mean uh, about allowing grace to really shape your ministry, what would that, what would that be? How would you define it? What would that look like? It looks and feels like uh, a, a church and a ministry that has joy at its heart, uh, mm. that has forgiveness at its heart, um, that has, um, I mean, there's, there's a million applications. You know, the first one that comes to mind is um, Jesus said that he came to give rest for the weary. And we know that Jesus, by his sacrifice, made uh took away guilt and took away shame and the churches the people i knew who spent the most time in church were all exhausted and were the victims of being shamed and guilted into work 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 more 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 Hmm. and i just thought well that's that's satan's job that's not that's not the gospel that's that's making people feel guilty and making them work Hmm. harder and harder yeah. And so I, I wanted to be a church that was like Jesus. I wanted to plant a church that was like Jesus. And so that's, that's one thing. It's just this, an attitude of rest. People like coming. There's a, there's a feel of rest when they get into the church. Yeah. Uh, a ministry that is uh, a ministry of grace is creative when talking about the gospel. Um, it's talking about God's goodness and his the gift of his son and the sacrifice of Christ that brings out our greatest creativity, that brings out our greatest passion, that brings out our greatest, uh, our gifts of ministry. When I was, uh, when I was really entrenched in the ministry of law, uh, you know, it was making people feel bad that I was really good at. It was the, the law that I was good at preaching. That's what you know, when I was talking about the different kinds of sin and different ways sin got into your heart, that's when my greatest creativity uh, came out. So it's definitely, uh, it definitely shows itself in, in your sermons and how you preach and what you preach, where your, your, your heart is. And really a ministry of grace is, is reflective of a person who is living, who is confident I would say it like this, a minister who is confident that God uh, loves him, is well pleased with him, uh, knows just deep in his soul that that God is uh, delighted in him, that minister is going to preach grace. He's not going to tell people and teach people how to earn God's approval. He's going to tell them to enjoy it. Uh, A minister who is pastoring in order to earn God's approval, is driven. He's compulsive. He, he, he can't take days off. Um, mm. there, there's no joy in his in his demeanor because he's there's this there's this kind of craven fear that God's gonna you know cast him off. And, and passages like you know to whom much has been given, much is expected, keep them up at night um, mm. instead of the promises. You know the, the promises that God gives us that. You know, anybody who leaves mother or father or or children or uh, lands or homes uh, for the sake of the gospel will receive 20 times over 
both in this life and life to come. I mean, it's just interesting to ask people what verses play in the background music of their head. You can really mm. tell a lot by that. Mm. So I'm not sure if that answered your question. Feel free to kind of hone in on something. Oh, I think uh, I think that's a that's a good uh, a good foundation for us. Um, maybe as we go, people will hear examples or, or uh, terms that maybe they are more familiar with. If if uh, if talking about grace this way uh, isn't um, isn't what they're used to, so we'll we'll see. Yeah, you mentioned a little bit earlier some of the some of the stories or encounters that um, maybe started to flag for you that something wasn't quite right <laughs> in your ministry, but could you, could you tell us a little more about how you started to uh, come to realize your, your own ministry uh, wasn't, wasn't quite where you, you, you thought it should be when yeah. it came to grace. Yeah. I, um, one, you know, just, in looking at my students, I wasn't seeing the kind of joy and growth I expected. And um, I knew that that needed to come from changed hearts. Uh, and also, and, and, and probably the most significant thing, though, was looking at my own life and seeing that I wasn't growing. And I wasn't uh, taking joy in the ministry. And I was ministering out of fear. And I was ministering out of anger when I was, I was oftentimes just really mad, especially mad at the students who didn't come. And, mm. they, you know, they didn't come to my Bible studies or, they, you know, they told me they were going to come to events and they didn't come. And, and I would end up preaching angry. I was angry at the people who did come, but my anger spilled out all over the people who were there mm. and um and and i just knew that wasn't right but i couldn't fix it and mm. I, I looked at my own personality there were there were things the lord started to show me about my own arrogance um about my own uh just unkindness it was it was really strange i just went through this period of um I went through this period of, of real self-examination and it, it all started when I was not getting jobs. I was, I was interviewing for different jobs. I wanted to leave the small campus I was at and, and move to a bigger stage. I thought I was ready for that and nobody else agreed. And, and then one day I tell the story. It's funny because of where it was, but I was, I was standing at a urinal in a big church in, in Memphis and a good friend of mine came up and stood in, at the urinal next to me. And, uh, and he just opened up saying, hey, did you get that job at Auburn? There was a the campus ministry job at Auburn. He'd come open. And that's the, that was the biggest RUF uh, ministry in the country at that time. And I really wanted it. And I did not even get an interview. I wasn't in the top you know, mm. candidates. And they hired somebody right out of seminary instead of me. And I, I was pretty disappointed by that i said no i didn't even get an interview and my friend said you know ricky you've ended up being one of my best friends but when i first met you you were a real jerk to me you need to work on those first impressions mm -hmm. and 
that just, you know, I was in a place where I was ready to hear that. And it cut me to the heart. The Lord gave me conviction. And so I started really praying about my attitude toward others and, and not seeing others for their faults, but, you know, looking, looking at our similarities and God's grace in them and appreciating others. And, mm. um, and then just dealing with that anger that was so deep in me. Yeah. And what I found was it was, I was, I was still trying to perfect myself using the flesh. That's, that's the, it, we call it using the law, but it's really using the flesh. You know, it's mm. do the right thing and, you know, be kinder, be more joyful, be more gentle. And I just couldn't do it. Mm. And one, it's pretty funny. One, one time I was literally in my office on my knees, begging the Lord to make me kinder. I want to be a kind person. It's right there in the fruit of the spirit. Right. Mm. And, uh, and I just, I it just wasn't, and I knew I wasn't, and I wanted to be kinder. And at that very moment, uh, somebody yelled for me and he said, Hey, Ricky, uh, we're, we're putting the chairs up from last night. You know, there'd been a dinner the night before. So come mm-hmm. help us. And uh, I got so mad, Justin. I, and I literally <laughs> uttered these words to myself. I was like, I said, I can't come help you. I'm trying, I'm praying to be kind. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, the irony of that moment hit me, but it showed me like, no, really you're, you, you got some problems. And, and God's grace just had not, permeated my heart and the more things like that happened the more convicted i was that i needed grace and then the more deeply i drank from it yeah and uh and so yeah that's when i was ready to turn around yeah now before we i want to move in and see how that turnaround started happening but I, i wonder if um folks maybe hear your story and think well i don't i don't struggle with anger Mm -hmm. Um, I don't struggle with thinking people should have turned up and or I should have gotten that position maybe they're thinking I I don't know why anyone would ever turn up and why anyone would ever care um, about hiring me Um, because there's uh, there's different ways that this from the flesh ministry happens Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that we ignore grace. Could you maybe say a couple uh, things about about that? Because you're you're obviously telling your story, but I know that you you've talked with a lot of guys who um, yeah, it's a lot. It, that that feeling of of I'm a disappointment. Um, you know that I uh, it's all that you know whatever is happening is my fault. Um, and, and it really at the root of that is this belief that, you know, that God's been keeping score and you haven't done well enough. You haven't done good enough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God's not blessing your ministry or God's not blessing your life because he's disappointed in you. And, that, and that's just not true. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and that belief just saps us of, of the ability to do ministry and the joy of, of the Christian life. It, it really, it really burdens our consciences. Yeah. Yeah. So what, um, what, 
what started to change? You're obviously sensing something's wrong. How how did you kind of um, begin to to take that turn or or know what to do well, or? Yeah, I, I put a lot of time into studying Romans six, seven, and eight, and just kind of figuring out what it meant to be out from the out of the the penalty of sin and out of the power of sin and and how the it's the gospel that breaks that it's not you know the gospel is not a a, a second chance um but it, it it is a forever breaking of our slavery to the flesh and and uh, a posture of you know a posture of there's no condemnation uh leads to freedom and joy and uh, and what Paul, you know, all the things that Paul is saying there, uh, and even more concisely, he says it in Colossians, where he says, you know, don't let anybody judge you with regard to uh, days or new moons or Sabbaths or, uh, you know, the uh, mistreatment of the body or forbidding to marry. And he says, um, he says, those things have the appearance of wisdom, but are of no value and stopping the indulgence of the flesh mm. and uh and that really began to get into me that what you know the power of of sanctification is union with christ mm. and living out of that union and and celebrating that union and feeding the holy spirit within me on on scripture and feeding myself on who i was um I just continue to see myself as the disappointing son, the son who never lived up to his potential instead of seeing myself as the son who is the delight of his father. And, yeah. um, and so there was no, that, that extra burden just really threw a shadow over my ministry. Yeah. Yeah. I know um, I, I, I resonate personally with, with that feeling of um, God's tolerating me, or He's uh, He's He's putting up with me. I, I know He loves me because He loves the whole world, and I guess mm -hmm. I don't. Think, um, but it was really starting to see. Well, if if that's true, then what what kind of God must I have? Yeah. Um, not a very good one. Not a not a loving Father at all. Not the God who is love, but. Um, yeah a god yeah. who who kind of parents the way i do <laughs> uh, don't start beating yourself up right parent better than you think but, but uh, yeah that yeah. view of god is so mean it's so small mm. you know it's just not the, the the god whose love for us is so deep and broad that it, we need a extra gift from the holy spirit to have the strength to even consider it that paul talks about you know it's the it's the kind of God who would sit us, you know, that, that Satan talks about. Satan, you know, when he went to Eve uh, in the Garden of Eden, he, he started to plant this idea in her mind that God was the kind of God that would put her in a beautiful garden and tell her not to eat from any of the trees. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, that's Satan's view of God, and that tends to be our view of God, that, you know, our God would, uh, the way the way Sinclair Ferguson described it, he said, you know, we, we have this view of God that he would take his, his son into a, 
a toy store before Christmas and ask him if, if there's anything that he sees that he would want. And, and the boy gets so excited. He starts, he starts stammering. He can't even get the words out fast enough of all the things he sees that he wants. And, and then his father grabs him by the shoulders and says, well, you'll get none of it because you weren't good enough this year. And mm. says that no actual father would do that, but we think God has done that. We, we treat mm. him. We just don't have, you know, faith that he's good and faith is goodness is for us. Yeah. And, uh, and it was that sermon by Sinclair Ferguson. What I'm referring to is a sermon he preached to pastors uh, at a pastor's conference for Banner of Truth. And it's called, the sermon's called uh, Christian Service, Slavery or Sonship. And it was that sermon that when I first heard it, changed me forever. He said that we, we treat other people the way we think God has treated us. And the reason why I was so demanding and angry and, and really perfectionistic, even though I would have never admitted it, was because I thought God had been that way with me. Yeah. And, uh, and it's mm. just, he's been kind and gracious. And, and ever since I've really started Im imbibing that grace, yeah. my, my life has been different and my ministry has been different. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. We pray that this time together has been a blessing to you. The Reformation Fellowship is a ministry of union. And so all that we do, we hope it helps you to delight in God, grow in Christ, serve the church, and bless the world. If that is your hope, that is your desire, then friends, welcome to the fellowship.